Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome to the Jewel Network Science Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming science, knowledge, and wisdom which promotes and sustains the activation of the present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfolding of the God Self within the evolving planetary society on planet Earth. The Jewel Network is committed to broadcasting the sciences of life and the sciences of living. By cultivating the mind of a scientist, you are being able to extract the very best the current 21st century has to offer. You are listening to the Dr. Jewel's Brain Balancing Program and more with your host, physician and surgeon, microbiologist, preventive medicine and hygiene physician, and surgeon general, Dr. Joel Pope. Lisinopril, 
have a notorious reputation here. I was looking at the list of uh, videos that are on YouTube that really tell us how dangerous lysinopril is, lysinopril is, for individuals who are ingesting this, and it's not given to melanated people who have been diagnosed to have high blood pressure. I'm uh, really wondering what is the standard diagnosis conventional medicine is uh, using to decide if a person has high blood pressure or not, because disorders that they are labeling are not really uh, consistent with the uh, standard of how the physiological body of certain ethnic groups functions. And so I'm just really clear about this, but not until we come together as a group, a study group, a research group, and disorders, you know, we're going to have to just roll with the punches and depend on good food, clean water, lots of sunlight, who and who's making the diagnosis. So uh, the ACE inhibitors that you really discuss so thoroughly, thoroughly in your uh, sucker punch pamphlet. Do you have anything that you want to share with us about this? Because in your book, and we're going to spend most of the show here on this, uh, the discussion on pigment power that you also reiterated this uh, in your chapter 12 of this book about how power and defense systems work in the melanated body, and this seems to be one of the main drugs that clogs up the work, as they would say. What do you say, Doc? Yeah. Uh, can, you, can you hear me clearly? Uh, yes, I can. Thank you. Welcome right. here, Mary. Yeah. Thank you for the invite back to the discuss and continue this um, very important uh, discussion on our health because there are ethno-specific drugs that are out there, and the reality is that not all drugs work for all people. If we know exactly. genetically people are different on a genetic level, then how do you expect or how does Western medicine expect every drug to affect everybody the same. It's all about making money, so they ain't worried about that question. So that's why you don't find out that there's a problem until you start having side effects. If you think about drugs in the past, like Biox, B-I-O-X-X, I think it was used for arthritis. So mm-hmm. Mark Sharp and Dome had this drug out. It was causing people to have strokes. They took it off the market years later, but it was causing people to have strokes. So these pharmaceutical companies are just trying to make money off these medications. So when the, these ACE inhibitors, which have been, wow, supportive and helpful for some people who have blood pressure issues, you know, that you have all these problems with our diet now and people not exercising and all the other issues dealing with stress. And so it then impacts the, the body. And the first uh, choice that most medical doctors are going to say is, hey, take this medication. Not mm-hmm. ask you about your lifestyle. I ask you about what you eat. I ask you about how's your job. No. Here, try this medication first. And so the more successful ones have been these ACE2 inhibitors because uh, this, 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 this hormone in your body called angiotensin 2 is actually a potent visual, so it, ha- it affects blood pressure. So, okay, if it affects blood pressure, that's now create that is pharmaceutical agents. They want to create drugs that can now affect this system to now lower blood pressure. So you're now giving a blocker so that this chemical does not then cause the blood pressure rise. Mm, okay, sounds nice. Sure. But they don't work well for black people. 
but allow black people to own these H2 inhibitors. Our point about making this statement, beyond knowing that there are side effects that affect people differently, the fact that this coronavirus uses that mechanism to get into your cells. These H2, this, this, this hormone, angiotensin two is everywhere. These receptors are everywhere. And that's why there's such varied effects that people have from this coronavirus. Smelling problems, the brain fog, what lung issues, the heart's not working right. All that is impacted. Why? Because those ACE2 receptors are everywhere. So this, this angiotensin that stimulates your adrenal glands, that helps up with food retention, stimulates your kidneys, helps out with food retention, uh, deals with your heart, stimulates the muscles. And so people who are on this medication and also who have had coronavirus and also taken the vaccine, what happens? They have heart issues. Tearing the heart up. Angiotensin is, is the brain to help out with the sympathetic flow to cause and stimulation. So you put the inhibitor so it's not a lot of, I guess, excitement or energy being pushed in the brain. But what is on the other side of these people who have these medications? Strokes. Mm-hmm. The blood vessels. It's also infecting the blood vessels. So the point is, even the nose, most most of the receptors that you see in the nasal passage, highly highly concentrated with uh, these receptors. That's why people end up having those. Some people have those those uh, smelling problems. It may subside after a while, but it sticks around for a long time. The point is, the same medications that are supposedly used to help you out with your blood pressure. That's the same mechanism via this coronavirus getting into your system. That's why people who are on those medications got to be careful. I mean, certainly go see a medical doctor for some assistance to say what to do. But I know I had a relative who was on it. I asked the doctor to change it. All they did was give him another drug, another reason two inhibitors, another drug. <laughs> oh, my goodness. People are so, I want to just say ignorant but unaware that those medications are problematic. Yes. Okay. And the word is appropriate when we basically stress what the word ignore rant really is implying, that these mm-hmm. are individuals who are not paying attention. They are not paying attention. They're overlooking the obvious and denial of the symptoms, et cetera, and have not investigated what they're putting into their body. This yeah. is, it doesn't even make sense when you think about it here. Uh, lisinopril is uh, used to treat hypertension, and why is hypertension allegedly so serious? And that's because it can cause uh, mm-hmm. the brain as well as, you know, you can wind up with definitely stroke-like symptoms if you want to look at it that way that it can also cause in the kidneys. So the very thing that allegedly is, is to prevent, it turns mm-hmm. out completely the same, it, it, it creates the same problem. And these are things that have been written about and are able to be explained. And now since uh, this seems to set up a diastasis for uh, viral replication here, especially the COVID virus, it's like, you know, the more mm-hmm. I think about and look at these, uh, especially the aged, aged, aged individuals are setting ourselves up with the constant uh, ingestion of these drugs. No wonder we had such a high vitality, but I think fatal 
rate of death in the so-called pharmaceuticals because most of them were taking these drugs for long periods of time. Yep, in other countries too, same scenario. That's why Italy, Spain, those are all older generations of people on medications, and that's why they succumb so fast and so hard. Yeah. You look in America with those uh, senior citizens' homes, yeah, there's people all on medications. Meds is what the the game is. Put them on meds, and that's what a sucker punch is. You said earlier about rolling with the punch. Now, we don't want to roll the punch no more. We want to defend <laughs> ourselves. There ain't no punch. Exactly. This is really amazing. Um, Paul, you have here, uh, you talk mm-hmm. about you're being, we're actually in the ring fighting here for our life here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the military-funded vaccine research, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's those people who are getting vaccines now, we go to a site, uh, Federal Emergency Management Agency, uh, military, they're running these operations for you to get vaccinated. Does that mean the military does not have an, uh, an impact? Oh, it has a great impact. It's like this is the greatest mission for them to now uh, put their services in order for people to be in line and keep things all in order to get this vaccine. So the military then is involved in this. And so you got DARPA, you got the uh, the uh, opportunities to work along with the National Institutes of Health. DARPA yeah. stands for Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. You got mm-hmm. the collaboration between the government and the military to create these vaccines, and they've been doing this for years. It's not like they just came up coronavirus 2019. Now we got these these vaccines. No, this technology has been patented. The virus has been patented. How do you patent the virus? <laughs> How do you pat- patent the vaccine before they even come out? This is a game, playing with people's lives. So the danger part is what actually is in some of the uh, you know injections because on a nanoparticle scale of development, nano means billionth of a meter. On a nanoparticle scale of measurement, you can put things in the body and register it later. It's like like using some kind of um, mechanism to now uh, test whether or not the person has a disease, uh, has this virus. Uh, manipulate the person. And that's why it's just crazy when you see all these mass murders. Hmm. Are people are people triggered to do that? Mm-hmm. Somebody's a button pushed and now you got this person going out doing something like that. And you create the mass hysteria and now you got all this gun violence and now people are all worried and fearful and because that's how the whole coronavirus thing has been put up. You create the fear in people and now you just gotta get the vaccine. You didn't say nothing about asparagus, get the vaccine. It's about eating the beets, get the vaccine. Nothing about diet, nutrition, and health, just get the vaccine. Now, you get the vaccine, guess what? You can still get the virus. Is that true? Uh, yes. Yes, you can. I'd like to, for you to comment before we go on to uh, your wonderful book here, uh, Pigment Power, but you also mentioned on page 19 of the Sucker Punch mm-hmm. pamphlet, Please email us at support at the com to get your free copy emailed to you. It's very important. You want to have this. You have no reason at all not to have this information. You don't even have to worry about this. You mailed, et cetera. We will email it to you so that you can have this. And take your time and read it. Now, on page 9, talk about the mRNA. 
Now, this was yes. a big issue initially about the problem with this virus because, should I say vaccine, that normally we do not take messenger RNA and give it to another person. Where does it come from? Okay. What is the message that it's carrying? What message is it going to activate in the recipient DNA structure or insert one? What is the, the real issue here? And I'm concerned because this mRNA has been researched to be uh, a trail to give guidance to nano robots, one tenth of a billion of a meter sized little robot that can actually follow the uh, instructions on this mRNA. This is programmed to do so and actually make sure that this is integrated into the DNA of the individual or not. What, what do you say? Yeah. So the thing is, Cuba has a vaccine. Uh, Russia has a vaccine. Uh, the Russian vaccine is the adenovirus vector vaccine. Uh, these mRNA virus by Moderna and Pfizer are mRNA, so different technology. The point I'm making is if someone is dying, shouldn't just, the whole world is globally impacted by this, shouldn't we just try to find the best one versus saying just use this one? Or they're just using this one, Moderna, Pfizer, United States, is about making money. So this mRNA situation, where people don't really understand that, if you have your house being built, you're hiring a contractor to build your house, right? Correct. So the mRNA is like the contractor. If you're coming in to build a house, the contractor might say, you know what, start doing this. I want to make a deck here. I'll make another deck. I'll make a deck on your roof. You know what? No, I didn't say that. So that's what's going to happen with this mRNA. That's why people are concerned about the horrendous possibilities of more problems happening later on rather than this mRNA uh, mechanism to help out with the spike protein. That's what it's for. So make the body think the spike protein is bad and create something to fight it, and now you what so-called quell the virus. The point is that this contractor might go rogue later on because you mess with the person's DNA. Now you've got more problems in the body than you expect. So do you have any comments on the uh, constant discussion of nanorobots and this vaccination? They seem to always meet in the same uh, sentences. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I don't. I hate to really say that everybody who's got injected has got any nanoparticle in there, and it's part of this this mechanism to control you. But we just know that there is data out there where they can inject these, uh, like almost tech lens like uh, mm-hmm. mechanisms in your body. And if you think about using some kind of radar or 5G technology and just now labeling it on the body or putting that on your body and now you can recognize what the, in a person's body by because of that technology in them. If you read yeah. the labels on that, I haven't seen because I have not gotten injected. If you look at the labels, it says it's technology. Mm-hmm. They say it's got some medical medical implications. It's technology putting in your system. Mm-hmm. So yeah. people complain about this 5G technology. And what's going on, I think that that's probably an easy way that now you can trigger things. And I hate to say it, does that mean people die quicker? It turns up more. Does it mean people now get more sick? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You and I right now are on this phone call, and 
it's not a Zoom message, but that Zoom and that technology on the computer, that's radiation that's constantly being emitted. That radiation, you can measure that around your computer. That's constant energy. I mean, I feel like I have a headache sometimes when I'm on a Zoom call, after the Zoom call. Well, I agree with you. If you all hear me in the background, I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, yes, okay. Uh, Continue on, um, Minister Moore, Reverend Moore, okay, because they need to understand the serious issues that we're dealing with. And, um, you know, I'm very concerned about the fact that people uh, are protected from so much uh, radiation, not just visual light, but even the broader spectrums of uh, light that people who are melanin sensors handle poorly, that we're even at a bigger challenge now, which I find is interesting because if people who are melanated cannot handle 5D comfortably, then can you imagine what's happening with the individuals who have very little melanin? What is mm-hmm. really going on with them? But that, that's another subject that I think is, you know, more so in your pigment power book yeah. we can talk about. But definitely... Please write us, support at thejewelnetwork.com to get your free sucker punch manual, well-written, simple. It breaks it all down. You can see what stage orders more uh, of the uh, medications here that are really a problem for you than others. It's really an issue. Look here, what Georgia prefers to describe and how much they describe it as an HP inhibitor. Amazing. Uh, the data here that's available. If you want to be aware of that, you've got your parents and grandparents, et cetera. You, you want to look and see what they're taking, okay? Because it's very significant now that we have to be very uh, astute and accountable for looking at why we're taking this and what else we can do naturally to help ourselves. You know, I'm still concerned that it uh, even appears in human neighborhoods that we almost have a a supermarket desert, okay, where we really don't have uh, venues that are really providing for us the precious fruits and vegetables that don't have a lot of people's chemicals on them and we don't know where they've come from, how many thousands of miles away they may may have come to wind up here in the floor. When you have actual local vendors, we still have farmers, we have ministers and gardens, et cetera, where we can be accountable for what that plant has absorbed. Um, so this is very important for us to really uh, start coming back home, Mother Earth, and what she's always provided for us. So without further ado, Dr. Moore, pigment power. First of all, tell us why you decided to just write this damn fat fat book full of information on the melanin biopolymer. It's what motivated you've been writing many, many books over the years and why this one? Yeah, that's a great question. I thank you for asking. Yes, I wrote the Science of Melanin nineteen ninety five, I wrote Dark Matters, Dark Secrets two thousand two, uh, revised Science of Melanin until now. I also wrote a book called Why Darkness Matters and contributed one of the major articles in there with uh, Bruce Bynum, Ann Brown, and Brother uh, Richard King. May his soul rest in peace. Uh, wrote that dealing with the issue of neuromelanin in the brain. Pigment power comes along. I'm not just dealing with just the the actual science of the pigment, but I'm dealing with social issues. I mean, we got so many problems since uh, Obama was elected. 
Trump was elected because of the backlash of this pigmented so-called president. I didn't say I didn't say African American, just a pigmented president. So the world had a problem with that. So I deal with the social implications of blackness. Uh, I deal with the whole issue of subconscious. Well, why don't, we, why don't we just stop right there, the social implications. Now, most of us think about, you know, whether we can sit at the lunch counter or not and all that was handled really in the 70s, et cetera, but it's much deeper than that. Tell us what you discovered about this. The so why is it such a social problem? Why, yeah. Why it's it's, it's terrible. Why, why you got people in the islands, on the continent of Africa, I guess a few here in America, in India, trying to lighten their skin. Right. Using dangerous chemicals to do it. That means you are destroying your cellular your cellular components to look light, to look like who? Someone who's trying to be dark and look like you. White people out there in the sun tanning, and you are trying to get what light be like them. So this whole issue of the skin lightening creams becomes a very serious problem in our community. So when you say the social implications are dealing with the reality of why are you trying to be white in the first place? Why are you trying to think like that? So those are mental problems that are existing in many of our culture or cultures, and now we need to have an educational system to, that people appreciate themselves and appreciate their melanin and understand that there's a science behind why you are dark in color. There's a science behind why there is pigment on the planet. There is no white plant. There's no white leaves. Chlorophyll is the pigment that serves the principle for why that, that entity even exists. So the same thing with our bodies. So the social implications just deal with that reality of, again, us wanting to appreciate the importance of blackness rather than running from it. That's why that, that's the emphasis there. So when I talk about just us being uh, uh, understanding of the environment, people, some people don't want to be in the sun because they don't want to get dark. People running from being black. It's like, what? The sun is the generator of all life. So one of my chapters is called Sun Conscious. Stayed out in the sun today and had a beautiful time while the sky is shining. The sky is blue and the sun is shining. And you look up and you see those gosh darn chemtrails. Well, you're a neurophysiologist. And so, therefore, just tell us a little bit about sun consciousness and how the energy that we are receiving from the sun really affects our capacity to think. Most people don't really see the correlation. Well, the powerful thing is that the brain is just like the skin, or the skin is just like the brain, meaning that the, some of the same chemicals that are produced in the brain are produced in the skin. The skin is your conduit, keeping you connected to the environment that is outside. So when the sun penetrates your skin, it helps to produce all the mechanisms that produce this particular hormone called vitamin D. It's not a vitamin, it's a hormone, steroid hormone. It impacts your consciousness, and you know it as well as I do. You feel much better on a wet sunny day than on a cloudy day. The whole terminology in the past about you want to be happy, just going down to Jamaica to be happy. What well, the sun is always shining. So the sun has a great impact on how our bodies respond. And if you are now away from the sun, distance from that, socially isolating yourself, is that why we see all these crazy mass murders right now? Something bizarre and just driving you on one lane trying to pass somebody? It's social isolation, being away from the sun, being from away from the outdoors is Change people's consciousness. So sun consciousness deal with the reality of the, the sun and the environment outside has an impact on your consciousness. And knowing you would deal with the skin, the skin produces chemicals, and I would like to say, you know, melanin really is a hormone. 
When you have the mm-hmm. sun penetrating your skin, it makes those melanocytes in your skin get darker. That means something's being activated in it. That's the melanin being stimulated, making your skin darker. You know, you got some hormones that relate to that, melanocyte-stimulating hormone, P-O-M-C, melanocortin. You got a whole system in your body that's regulating your pigmentation. The MSH, wow. that chemical just mentioned, guess what? It's it's a antipyretic agent. Mm-hmm. Melanocyte-stimulating hormone. Okay. okay. Melanocyte-stimulating mm-hmm. yeah. hormone makes your skin dark. That same chemical can lower your heat, like reduce fever. That's what I'm saying, antipyretic. So there's a reason why, I guess, maybe black people may don't get too frustrated and they're stressed out. They can handle that. You got mechanisms to make sure they don't get too frustrated. You got a lot of white folks that, white people that deal with heated environments and they just just can't function right when it's too hot. Mm, What's going on there mentally? Well, I think that that's a significant factor, too, uh, that people should be on alert that if one of the symptoms for uh, COVID infestation or infection is an increasingly uh, elevated body temperature, one should really be mm-hmm. concerned because that means that your melanin is not functioning properly because normally melanin would not allow that to happen. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely correct. So that's why I'm saying that you can't be looking at everybody the same within what treatments. That's right. probably that probably more black people or people with African descent, non dominated people being impacted by this because they're not being treated properly. We already have the injustices of the disparities in health treatment, so you got that compounding problems. But the fact that people don't even pay attention to the differences in ethnic groups, we then have a problem with what treatment. Well, you know, I sent you some information just recently, and uh, uh, I shared information with you years ago about the fact that University of Michigan had already done research to demonstrate that uh, different variants, as the term that they used, one overall human species has variation in it, but there was really no distinct races that they actually concluded in writing but the language that is used for publicity and for uh, visitory uh, in, uh, implantation of ideas that one is definitely different than the other where the two never meet is a serious problem. And this gentleman uh, years ago wrote a book where he had gone around the country, gone around the world, and measured all these different people, some of them, the variation doesn't exist anymore to substantiate that groups of people are quite different specifically and that those specifications need to be identified and addressed properly for the person to be able to maintain their uh, health. And the problem that we have right now in Western medicine is that there's only one variant of Humans that is really recognized as standard, they happen to be melanin recessive, and obviously because there's been such an increase in melanin dominant or black people going into these institutions, they had to acknowledge that there's certain differences that they have to address, certainly such as the 
propensity to have a sickling phenomena that happens with the blood that we now know is actually a natural inherited protective mechanism for individuals for uh, generations that have lived with their uh, high activity and existence coexistence with mosquitoes, the anopheles mosquito. And so it was a protective mechanism, the stickling of the red blood cell against being infected by a normal vector of this mosquito. It was never a disease process. And it's very interesting that because they have a similar capability in their blood, thalassemia discovered that sickle cell was an an adaptive uh, change in the blood for thriving as well as thalassemia. It was never really a disease process, but it became symptomatically, adversely symptomatic in the United States when individuals who had this protective capability abandoned their diet. And to this day, they will not admit it that you having this wonderful quality, you cannot get into what we call acidosis, pure Mm -hmm. sugar pure chemicals, you want to uh, mention Skittles, you will literally collapse not because of a threat of a foreign invader, but because you change the milieu of your hydrogen-oxygen ratio that now those blood cells cannot sustain themselves because of the poor selection of things that your body chemistry should maintain. And it's amazing how without this information circulating throughout our environment, and this is why Dr. Moore's book is so important, that this book needs to be in every household where people have melanin. This is so important, and we have to start being selective. If we can have religious books in our environment, they say that every household should have a a Bible or uh, every hotel should have one where where there's melanated people. This book, Pigment Power, needs to be in every household so that you can refer to it or what may be harmful to you based on the environment because we're having lots of problems here in the world, and especially in the Western world where there's so much – support for medicating yourself, but how does that work with the specific type of chemistry that you have as a melanated person? So in in this book, he talks about melanin is protection in regards to stress and aging. Well, most of us recognize that you can walk like one of 70-year-old heavily melanated individual and the skin isn't full of wrinkles, it hasn't pulled away from the musculature of the face, et cetera. And, of course, that is envy. And it's commented on in the private circles and melanin excessive individuals. However, with the situation with the food chain, okay, depletion and silica, depletion of other minerals, and the melanated person not recognizing the need that they have for adequate minerals in the body because our structure demands it. We have so much more muscle mass. We have so much more density, bone mass, that we need a greater amount of minerals, calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, zinc, iron, the list goes on and on. But is that recommended to you? Is that tested to you when you go to the Western doctor? Oh, no. 
you know, and I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to have 10 times the bone mass. I can look at the structure of my body compared to the average structure of a melanin recessive woman, and my calcium level is supposed to be the same as hers. It's preposterous. But when you don't know yourself, this is the problem that you settle into, and then you wonder why you have osteoporosis. I can't imagine Mm -hmm. a melanated person that's walking around in the sun with 10 times the bone mass, and that has been identified, that our bones are much thicker, denser, that you have osteoporosis, Mm -hmm. and your doctor's not able to tell you that. But when did they basically give he, him, or her the specifics on what they have to be aware of when they are now treating a melanin recessive physiology, physiology and anatomy structure. And that is not taught in the medical school. And so as far as I'm concerned, just like we had the markers in the 60s, the any way that we have restaurants and all these other opportunities in our environment and we can't participate in them because of the amount of pigment in our skin, well, now it needs to be recognized that the hospitals don't charge me and don't ask for my money when these physicians and nurses have not been taught about the unique quality in the human race that we call variants. And this is very important. They're doing a lot of damage to people because they don't recognize that this person obviously is not known in excessive. So why are all of them being measured by a melanin recessive standard when they obviously are very jet black? What is the melanin dominant standard? And with all the blood that's being taken from people, we know that there's a melanin dominant standard, but why is it being talked to the doctors and nurses? And this is something we know has this information that it's going to have to be taught in the medical school. We cannot continue to put out nurses and doctors that are still using antiquated standards based on only one race variant when they're seeing three or four different type race variants. What about our Hispanic sisters and brothers that have been, they're brown. Is, is there melanin? Mm-hmm. Not melanin? Okay. So more division and misuse of language, but the real need for the support for melanin in the standard medical uh, environment right now is not feel often and recognized. So, again, his book is uh, so important. You know, we look at the Chapter 8, Melanin and Cellular Enhancement. You want to tell us a little bit about that chapter, Dr. Moore? Uh, you, you, had, you said a whole lot there. You know, i got to <laughs> respond to what you said. Okay. So, uh, the whole, that whole issue of the medical industry and people being uh, guided by this allopathic medicine. I mean, people really need to educate themselves. I was in a classroom in the 1990s when I heard the white professor tell these future black doctors, don't worry about the pineal gland. Pineal gland doesn't do much. So I was in the class. So I'm saying these are the people who are going to treat me in the future. The white man's tell them don't worry about that. We fast forward to 2021 and I get a medical exam and the white doctors tell me don't worry about vitamin D telling me this. So people are being trained not to know about the black body, not to understand it. So before I even make a comment on that chapter you asked me to ask, I wanted to flip the script and ask you about this CRISPR technology and how it's being used now for treating people with sickle cell anemia. 
of, you know, taking out the genes that cause it, and now you can do a whole transfusion with the blood, and now you fix the person. Do you, how, how do you feel about that in terms of treating fixed anemia? Well, I don't have a feeling about it. I am taking an intellectual stand on it that, mm-hmm. first of all, melanin off of the chromosome, stripping melanin off of DNA is problematic. And the techniques that they are using, we don't really even know what type of deformity, uh, what damage is being actually done to the genetic material because they don't even recognize that removing the melanin causes genetic material to take on a whole different reaction to light. Yeah. So, therefore, it's like, you know, you, you're you deciding that this gene and this loci on this point in the chromosome is, is uh, defective, but I disagree because, first of all, they tell you can find a, a safer method of removing the melanin off of it if that's what you need to do, okay? I say that you're damaging so many things. I don't think that you really are capable of discerning which genes are really causing the problem, that we have to move to a much more quantum physical interaction with the protein that is definitely carrying light-coded information before we can say so. And, and it's amazing to think that most people think that, you know, their chromosomes and their DNA are, what is it, red, yellow, uh, blue, and some other color. Okay, they don't recognize that there's no such thing as a chromosome or a gene that is not black. Everything, every chromosome is jet black to protect it so that it doesn't warp, because it doesn't morph when it's exposed to light. So if you have to constantly strip the melanin off before you can even see any of the nuclear material, what have you done to it? Not even discussed. So I'm saying that. What do we not have? If everybody has melanin, at least at the genetic level, how active or inactive that melanin is, and we can just take a urine specimen or a drop of blood, and we should be able to have some type of numerical quotient that we can uh, assess to have some idea of the activity and the wholesomeness of your melanin, as important as it is in every human being. Regardless of whether you're melanin dominant or melanin recessive, you have melanin. Where is the standard test for that? And nobody even mentions it. They they act like it's a bad word. But how can you continue to avoid it and be intelligent at this point? And that's what I'm concerned about. There's huge deception going on that they will not deal with this substance that literally is a miniature sun cover and support your DNA and to stabilize it and you don't have a basic test for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. until I can yeah. become more reasonable with that, how can they be uh, certain that they know what they're doing? No. Yeah. And I, I only say it because it is like playing God in terms of how they, the scientists today are manipulating that. And you really can't get that CRISPR technology for the sickle cell until you're at a certain age. So it's not like dealing with children, but there are people who really are experiencing sickle cell and I can't say how best to treat them, but you just mentioned it. Diet is the reason that some people really are impacted because they're eating garbage diets and messes up the way that the body was structured to fight this malaria. 
with the sickle cell in the first place. It's not the sickle cell is a problem. It's the diet that creates the problem, how the sickle cell can operate. So there's a whole well, host of problems, but we never focus on the issue of what you're putting in your body. Right. Well, if you can alkalinize the serum right away, the sickling stops. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so interesting because when they go to the hospital, what do they give them? More sugar. D5W. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you that's talk what they about- have Right, and they, they, the person is in pain. They give them more sugar than they give them, uh, you know, narcotics for the pain. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Alkalinity is what is needed when the red blood cells begin to sickle. They don't not sickle in an alkaline environment, but that's not what they provide for them. So these are the things yeah. that I'm really concerned about. And uh, yeah, we just got to really. Oh my goodness. People in the hospital, when they get sick and they bring them diet, those meals after they had surgery, give them some beef, some jello, give them garbage <laughs> diet in the hospital. Oh, my yes. goodness. You wonder why people stay sick or yes. die in the hospital. Well, when I was doing surgery, thank goodness for a short period of time in my extensive medical career, that was one of the things that I would have to basically stand at the foot of the bed and fight the hospital system. If I had an individual that I need to do a laparoscopic exam on, et cetera, they already had high blood pressure, I definitely didn't want them to have a pork meal the night before mm. surgery. Mm-hmm. And would they not do that? They would serve ham no. and pork chops. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It says right on the chart that the patient has high blood pressure and this is what you bring them. Okay, so and that's one of the reasons why I found it very stressful in the hospital because to try to get a patient through the hospital system, you had so many other factors that were reversing or neutralizing the effect that you were trying to create. And they were yeah. ignored, Grant. They really were. So it's like, okay, best thing is, you know, not to even get up in this because unless you have a sergeant at arms, to really supervise everything that comes to that bedside, inadvertently someone is going to bring the inappropriate thing. For example, surgery is abdominal surgery. And so one of the things you don't want to do is basically of the intestines. That's where the intestines are moving around. And when they go into a paralyzed, uh, paralyzed state where they become uh, uh, inert, they, what happens? They fill up full of gas full of gas, and what's going to happen? They're going to put pressure on the incision. And we talk about uh, pain where your abdomen is all puffed up, full of gas, yeah. and you've got sutures in your gut. Yeah. You can't do anything else, but they can give them some type of narcotic to reduce the sensation of pain. But now why yeah. then would you bring to a patient's bedside post-surgery ice cold water mm. and they do that here you're on a surgical right. board and they're sitting slapping ice water next to the bed right. and I'm like ice water on any uh, abdominal surgery board should definitely be by prescription only it cannot be standard and they have the cute little you know nurses aide making sure that every abdominal wound is going to be under stress because she's putting ice water on the bedside. And if you can get a hold of it, your guts are going to definitely go into <laughs> paralysis, and they're going to fill up with gas, and you're going to have that stress on your abdomen. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense that we have so many contradictions 
going on here, and there's nobody supervising to make sure that these things do not cause the patient more problems. It's mm -hmm. a problem. So we've got our uh, waiting in uh, neurologic development. We want our children to be uh, bright and uh, acute and intelligent, but so many mothers do not recognize how their melanin involves the development of the nervous system from gestation, just from uh, uh, fertilization and fluid. So right after this message, can you give some more information about what mothers can do? As soon as they know they're pregnant, to not interfere and enhance the production of melanin in generating a stabilized nervous system in their fetus. We'll be right back after this message. Humanity is experiencing a vast variety of disorders, HIV, Zika virus, Ebola, hypertension, meningitis, STD, Alzheimer's, and many others. These disorders are the results of not knowing how to live within and navigate the human body. Most of us have learned how to drive a car, but have yet to learn how to care for and navigate our bodies. Enroll into the Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living to learn how to navigate and maintain a disease-free body. Visit us at www.juis.education or visit us on Facebook. Well, if you're just tuning in, oh boy, what a jam-packed show you have missed a lot of, but you can catch up. First of all, if you want to order your free sucker punch we have with us this is the second uh, <clears throat> visitation in two weeks. Dr. T. Owens Moore, exquisite professor and a wizard on uh, melanin and neurophysiology of melanin that's been here with us. And he has given us a wonderful gift on how to be able to protect ourselves if you're especially ingesting uh, chronic uh, medication for chronic diseases, the Sucker Punch pamphlet. And so you can email us at support at your free copy. We're also talking about this the book, Power Pigment. Pigment Power. Pigment Power. And you definitely want to have a copy. And the chapters are incredible about the, the present state and the importance of us finally recognizing and becoming intelligent and aware of how melanin affects every area in our life, every organ in our body, our brain. It goes on and on and on. And he's written many books that have talked about this specifically, but the Pigment power, we have to start recognizing that melanin is the biological manifestation of the sun in the human cell. It is a miniature sun, just like what you see reflection in the sky, this is the pigment in every cell of the body. And the things that it does for the tissues, the organelles in the cell, etc., just like the actual overhead sun. Does, and it makes this connection in electrons, exchange, et cetera, in the tissues when your body that melanated energy beating from the focal point in the sky. So pigment power is a very important book at this time in the 21st century. 
we want to basically acquire the book, Dr. Moore, give us the uh, website that they can go directly and order your book. www.drtmore.com. That would be drtmore.com. drtmore.com. Now, the black dot, and Dr. Uh, King used to talk about that, mm-hmm. is very important for everyone to understand. We all came from a black dot. Body originated from a, what made it black? And that's the very substance that we've been talking about, this biological form of life known as melanin. And you have a whole chapter that's been dedicated to that, chapter number three. You want to tell us a little bit about it before it's time for us to go? Oh, my goodness. Well, it's almost time to go. Let me roll real quick because you wrote a book called Vitamins and Minerals from A to Z, right? Yes. Vitamins and minerals or vitamins, vital amines. You got some vital chemicals that need to be in our body. When people get pregnant, women get pregnant, they emphasize something called folic acid. You got to have that in your system. Folic acid really is vitamin B9. So I like to talk about this thing called train number C6, train P. P is for thiamine. If you reverse the letters for the train, riboflavin is vitamin B2. Think of niacin, vitamin B3. Guess what? There's something called pyridoxal phosphate. That's vitamin B6. Guess what? All these vitamins, you don't have them in your system, your melanin is not going to develop right. People don't have the melanin developing for that, that, uh, that zygote that, is forming in the body. It's like you get something called spinal bifida, a neural tube defects if the melanin is not working right early on. That's why you got to nourish the body right and treat it right as it's, as the cells developing in your body. Okay. Well, everyone, we've got to get studying. We've got to start reading. And first recommendation here for your spring reading, Dr. Moore's Pigment Power. So contact him at his website and don't forget to suck up on Get that at support at jewelnetwork.com. And Dr. Moore, I want to thank you for sitting here for the last Thank you for listening to the Jewel Network Science Broadcasting Frequency. Join Dr. Jewel here each Monday at 5 p.m. on the Jewel Network, hosted by the JewelNetwork.com and Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living, Jewish. For our complete broadcast schedule, additional information, and to purchase products, please visit our website, www.thejewelnetwork.com. If you'd like to contact us, please send your email to info at thejewelnetwork.net. Thank you. This broadcast is under full copyright and trademark protection owned by the House of Jewels. This broadcast in its entirety nor any part of this broadcast can be reproduced, copied, transcribed, placed in podcast format, placed into MP3 format, or suspended on any internet digital location without express permission from the House of Jewels, Washington State, USA. To reproduce or suspend this broadcast in any digital location other than the Jewel Network is prohibited and legal proceedings will follow accordingly. Thank you for listening.